It's so good to be here. We do uh, talk a lot. Uh, connect. Are you are you doing this? No, I'm turning up my. Oh, okay. <laughs> do we need to turn the sound up more? Does anybody else say that? Okay. I understand. Believe me. Um, my wife says, "Turn the TV down." I said, "It's not loud." She says, "Yes, it is." But according to who? I'm trying to listen to the words. You know, whatever. Um, but. Uh, so Mike and I, we, we uh, I like to say he's the person I call when I don't have to call anyone. So I'll be driving down the road and bored and I'll just call Mike. And, uh, you know, so we, we talk and, and uh, we do have a lot of connections through the years with Africa and the Hagemeyers. And, and, um, but it's nice to have friends. And uh, so he knows what's going on in my life because I usually tell him everything and I don't necessarily get his approval, but at least he knows what's going on. Um, I want to get into some things. I've really been, this lockdown has been crazy for traveling ministers. Um, I haven't been home this long for 30 years um, as, as I was last year. In fact, I, fi- I've, I figured this out. Numbers just hit me the other day. I've been saved for 50 years. Isn't that something? I've been preaching for 40 years. And I've been traveling preaching for 30 years. And if you add all that together, it's like 150 years. <laughs> but, but, uh, but it's all true. And so, uh, but, but never had I been home as much as I was this past uh, year. And did, I did a whole lot of recording, a lot of audio and video recording uh, from Tulsa and created a lot of content. But I miss preaching to live audiences. You know, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Uh, We need to make sure the church realizes you can't get everything you need online. You've got to be in person. We need to be together, and it's the will of God that we're together. And so uh, during that time, you know, for the majority of the 30 years until last year, uh, most of my income came through uh, meetings and and um, and I didn't have meetings last year, and so uh, the Lord just used people to partner and get involved. And, and in fact, your church is a partner with our ministry, and I just can't thank you enough for your continued support. Uh, we just made our 470th uh, television program. We're doing a daily program on the internet and when it goes on to Facebook and YouTube and podcasts it goes all over the world and so actually I'm reaching more people now than I ever have every single day and you're part of that so thank you for the investment that you've made in us Uh, your money here does go around the world I know not just through us but in many ways I'm going to talk to you today about some things that I believe are incredibly important and I've studied I kind of got to this point in my teaching, and it was the teaching of faith. How many of you like faith? The word of faith, the teaching of faith, and a lot of us came through that movement, and it it really does mean a lot to us. But um, as I got to that portion of my teaching, I realized I didn't have a lot of extensive notes. So I spent about 10 months just immersed in the subject of faith. And this just revitalized me. It is so exciting. I think you're going to get this because never have we needed to walk by faith more than we do now in our lifetime. Because a lot of the things that people look to for assurances, for the safety net, for, you know, if they have a a problem, these institutions that have been so solid all these years are not, they've been shaken and a lot of them aren't dependable anymore. I mean, the government's becoming more and more adversarial and less and less just a help. And uh, we, we need to put our faith in God. God, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to put this post on Facebook. My, my, I put my faith in God. He never has to be reelected. He's not going anywhere. He, he's not going to get voted out. He didn't get voted in. He's, he's God, and you can count on God. And when we relate to God, we do it by faith. And that is a good thing because faith is something that we can all do. It's something that we all are doing to some degree or another. And I just want to encourage you to expand your faith, increase your faith, believe God for more things than you ever have before. 
uh, allow faith to, in God to help you go to sleep at night and stop worrying about the future and the speculation and all of the predictions. And let's just trust God again. How about we get back to the Bible and trusting God and God's word and allowing him to be God in our lives and not the government and not anybody else. Not ever. We've still got God and his promises. And you know, if that's all we had left, that's enough. God's a good God, isn't he? He meant what he said. And, and so uh, what a privilege it is to serve the Lord. As I took this information, and I was sharing this with Mike, but it is, there is a lot of information on faith in the Bible. So I started just listening and reading books. And, and how many of you know of Kenneth Hagin? And so, man, I got all his books on faith and nearly all his audio series on faith. And I got all the other books on faith and the faith scriptures. And I just started feeding on all this material. And it's overwhelming. I thought, what am I going to do with all this? And it, after, after several months of just feeding on it, it began to, to gel. And I realized that there are some main points that you need to make and understand about faith. And I'm going to give you the overview, and then we're going to dive into one of those areas. But the overview of faith is this. Number one, you need to know what faith is. What is faith? What's the definition of faith? And I have a whole series on that. It's called Understanding Faith, and I'll tell you more about that later. But that's the, the description, what is faith? And then you need to know how faith comes, how faith comes. I have a series called You Have the Spirit of Faith. Did you know you have the spirit of faith? The Bible says you do. So how does faith come? And so we talk about how to receive, how to get faith. And we know faith comes from by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And then finally, the, the other point is how do you release your faith? Did you know uh, faith in and of itself won't do a thing for you until you release it? You can have all kinds of faith, but if you don't ever release it, it's not going to change your life. It's the, and, and in fact, God has done everything he could possibly do for us. We call that grace. But all the grace of God in the world won't change your life until you believe for it. So God's done his part, and we don't get our part until we believe. In fact, each one of us has as much of God's grace in our lives as we've believed for. You didn't get saved. You could have gotten saved earlier. Salvation belonged to you your whole life, but you didn't actually get saved until you believed on Jesus. And then everything else that followed that came the same way. You didn't get filled with the Holy Spirit just because you got saved. You had to believe to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so there's so many things in the Word of God that belong to us. They're paid for, but you're not going to receive it Unless you believe for it. You know, I've heard people say, you know, I just don't believe in that tongues business. And I always tell them, well, you'll never have to worry about it. Because you don't just get it walking down the street. You don't just get it by association. You have to believe you receive to get the gifts of God. And God made it that way on purpose. There had to be some way if he's going to defeat our enemy and, and purchase our redemption and forgive our sins and make heaven our home and heal our bodies and, and give us victory in our lives and meet all of our need according to his riches and glory. If all these things are already paid for, how does he decide who gets what? And some people's idea is, well, you just never know. I mean, just, God just does whatever he wants. No, he doesn't. You, know, you do know. Here's how you, he decides who gets what. Each person gets as much of God's grace as they believe for. And so a lot of these doctrines that we teach and believe in have been um, wars. You know, there's been wars fought over the... If I was a devil, I'd, I'd tell people tongues is of the devil too, wouldn't you? I'd tell people that prosperity is greed and you ought to be poor. I'd tell people that sick is God's will. And all of those, in every area that where God has made his blessing available... There's been opposition and, and, and there's, a, there's, a, there's resistance to that. But those of us who say, you know what, I'm going to believe the Bible. I'm going to believe what God said, not what other people say. We've gone on and, and experienced the blessings of God by faith. Faith makes it fair. Why? Because everybody can believe. Aren't you glad it's not like IQ? <laughs> I said, I'll heal all the smart ones. Oh, man. <laughs> I knew he was going to say that. 
I'll, 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 I'll save every rich person. No, he said, no, it's not going to work that way. You just believe for it and you can have it. So we ought to get good at faith because faith is what we do. Grace is what God did. He didn't need any help. He did a good job. But faith, that's what we do. So we need to get good at faith. And so I'm going to go back to the basics. And I'm going to give you four points. I think you're going to love this. I hope you do. But you can put this right to use. And it's probably not going to be anything you don't know. In fact, when I was studying it, I realized how simple it was. I thought, this is simple. I knew this, but I never really put it together like this. And this really helps. Four points, how to release your faith. Are you ready? How to release your faith. Number one, find a promise from God. Find a promise from God that promises you what you desire or what you need. You can't just believe anything. You know, I can't just believe I'm Mr. Universe. Have that happen. I can't believe that I am a Hall of Fame running back in the NFL. See, well, you can have what you believe. Yeah, but I can't believe that. Why not? Because it's not in the Bible. I wish it was in the Bible, but it's not in the Bible. So that you can't just make up something. There needs to be a promise behind what it is you're believing for. So find a promise in the Word of God that promises you the thing that you desire. Number two, release your faith. There has to come a point in time where you do something. It's not enough to sit in a pew and know that God saves sinners. It's not enough to know that God wants to save you. It's not enough to know that Jesus purchased your redemption. At some point, you have to release your faith in Jesus as your Lord. Does that make sense? And some people, they're sitting there with lots of faith. They believe all the faith teaching, but they haven't released their faith in hardly anything in years. And they just think, well, God knows, and I love God, and he knows my heart. But let me ask you this. That's not how you get married. What if you were in love with somebody, and you just were in love with them for years and years and years, and, and they said, are you guys married? Well, yeah, I'm pretty sure. What do you mean you're pretty sure? I mean, we love each other. We've been together for years. Yeah, but are you married? Well, I think so. What do you mean you think so? Was there a day where you actually walked the aisle and, well, no, but that's just a formality. Everybody knows. No, there has to be a point where you <laughs> release your faith and actually get married. And the same is true with faith in God's word. You can't just, you just go along and think, well, God sees how much I need this. God knows where I am. Yeah, but he's, you know, he even said this about wisdom. He said, if any man lacks wisdom, just hang in there. God will get it to you sooner or later. No, he said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Well, you would think if God was just going to do something for somebody, surely he'd give us wisdom when he saw, because half the time you need wisdom, you don't even know it. That's what's dangerous, you know. People need wisdom, they don't even know it. So, but it doesn't come because you need it. And it doesn't come because it's obvious that you don't know what you're doing. It doesn't come because God feels so sorry for you. He's tired of watching you mess up, and he's just going to give you wisdom. He said, if you lack wisdom, ask me. Yeah, but that's such a formality. Why would we go to all that trouble? Because that's how the kingdom works. Isn't that great? It's simple, but you can't bypass the rules and get through life that way. you you got to follow the Rules, it'd be, like, it'd be like saying, you know, I've owned my car. I just paid my car off. I've had it for a long time, and I, it was fun to pay that thing off, and I've got the key, i got the title, and every, everybody knows it's my car, and, and my car knows it's my car. I've got the oil changed. I take good care of it. I keep it clean. I keep it waxed. But did you know I can't go out and get in my car not one time out of a 1,000 without my key and have my car drive me to work? Yeah, but that's such a little thing, and everybody knows it's your car, and the key's there to keep other people from driving your car, and just because you forgot your key once, surely, you know, I'll get it the next time. Let's just get to work. Nope. Every single time I get in my car, I have to have my key for my car, or it's not going to go anywhere, and the kingdom works this way. 
It's not a matter of God knowing your heart and you've been a good person and you've been in church your whole life and you give every time the plate. All that is good, but that doesn't mean that you're going to automatically get the things you need from God that come by faith. And that's a good thing. It's really not a bad thing. It's a good thing because if we work with these principles, they'll work for us. That's why Jesus said there will be some who have and to them more will be given. I wonder who those people are, the people that learn how to walk by faith. And there will be others that don't have, and they'll have a hard time hanging on to what they've got. Why? Because they're not walking by faith, and faith not only receives things from God, faith keeps them. The shield of faith will help you hold on to what God's done in your life. When you get something by faith, you don't give it up. Isn't that great? I'm getting sidetracked. I'm going to give you these four points. Do not distract me. Number one, find a promise from God in his word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. you got to have a promise. Number two, release your faith at a point in time. Number three, believe that you have received your answer. That's so important. And number four, take your stand. Through praise and confession. There's a stand to faith, and it, and, it, and it has to do with not only an attitude, but the things you say. And any one of these four steps, if you get it out of order, or you don't put it in, in its place, or don't practice it, will keep you from receiving from God. Any one of those four. All right, so find a promise from God, and we don't, I'm not going to, go through a lot of these I mean, we could spend all day doing this but here's the point some people rush through this process too quickly and they don't really have that promise down here it's here but it's not here do you know the difference so so proverbs 4 says my son give attention to my words incline your ear to my sayings do not let them depart from your eyes keep them in the midst of your heart for they are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh and, and uh, the uh, New Living Translation says, don't lose sight of the words and let them penetrate deep into your heart. You can rush through this. It, th- this prayer faith is not a magic wand. This is not something that if you just jump through these hoops, it's just going to work. It's a heart issue, and you've got to take time. And I'm, I'm sure that many Christians rush through it, and they don't really have that word down in their heart. They've heard it, and they like it, They agree with it, but they haven't let it really register in their heart where where faith is. Faith is of the heart, not of the head. So get that promise from God and and look at it, meditate on it until it becomes more real to you than the situation you're facing. Uh, You've done this with salvation. You've done this, you know, step one is faith in God. How many of you believe there's a God? Now, that's down in your heart, isn't it? And it's probably been there a long time, but, but, uh, but you had to really take a step in order to get there. You had to be aware of it. You had looked at the scriptures. If you go to Genesis 1.1, it says, in the beginning, God. So you have to start believing in God right away. He that comes to God must believe that he is. But once you, you get that, then it's here, not just here. And what that means is I don't have to see God, I don't have to feel God, I don't have to hear God to know there's a God. I don't wake up every day and say, I hope I can believe in a God today. Because I can't see any more evidence of him today than yes, I just hope I can believe. You, you, you know there's a God. That's down in your heart. Other times we go through the motions and, our, and, and that inward conviction is just not quite there yet. And we need to be honest about it. Some people are not ready to pray the prayer of faith in some areas, yet they need to do their homework. Say, well, I don't want to do my homework. I just want to go get fixed. People treat the church like like they treat the, the garage for their car. You know, if your car breaks, you take it to the mechanic, you drop it off, and you come back and get it, and it's fixed. That's what we pay the mechanic for, and then we pay the preacher to fix us. So we come to church, and... He preaches, and we go forward. He lays his hand on us, and we're fixed. No, you got to do a little bit more than that. You need to bring your faith down here. 
You need to be convinced that this thing that you're asking for belongs to you so that the enemy can't talk you out of it before you even get to your, to your house after church. You've got to ta- take the time to let it sink down, let it penetrate in your heart. So that whether it's healing or prosperity or victory or wisdom or whatever it is you need from God, it becomes real on the inside of you because you're going to take a couple more steps here and you're going to have to really defend your territory. It's not just a wave of the hand and it's over and I've got my answer and, and, and away we go. It's, it's a point in time where you release your faith and then you may have to stand in faith for a while and, and believe that promise when there's no evidence that it's ever going to happen in your life. And I, I think some people are not ready for that. They're ready to get prayed for and they're ready for the manifestation, but they're not prepared if there happens to be any time lapse between the two. Does that make sense? You got to be ready for that fight because this is the fight of faith. So, so get find the scripture or scriptures and it's quality, not quantity. You don't have to have a hundred scriptures on whatever it is you need from God. Just find one. There are scriptures on salvation. There are scriptures on healing. There are scriptures on strength. I was thinking of this. We did a, a healing meeting here several years ago. We had a lot of people come from all over that we didn't know. And that always happens when you announce healing. But we believed one night, one of the things we were believing for was sleep. I don't know if you even remember this. But we, I said, you know, and it just came up and I said, let's just believe for sleep. And there are scriptures that promise he gives his beloved sleep. So I just threw that out there. Some, this guy came down for that and we prayed for him for sleep. He came back the next day and he testified because it was a several-day meeting. He said, I'd like to testify. He said, I came up there and believed God and prayed for sleep. And he said, I haven't been able to sleep for years. I get up real early and go to work. And he said, this morning, I overslept, and I was late for work. So he said, I just came from Walmart. I had to buy an alarm clock. <laughs> I love that kind of testimony. Now, he could have lived the rest of his life waking up at four in the morning and not really getting a good night's sleep and nobody would have cared. It's not immoral. It's not illegal. But he decided, you know what? If that's available, I want it. He released his faith and then he slept past work. I just think that's wonderful. Say, well, didn't God know he wasn't sleeping? Yeah, God knows a lot of things. But God's not going to just boss you around and just bless you without your cooperation and make you the kind of person he wants you to be. You need to decide what it is you want from God, and then you need to believe for that thing and then let God answer your faith. Now, you know, people fight the faith message, and they fight people like me. Oh, it would be so much easier for me and Mike to just stand up here and say with religious tone of voice, you just never know what God will do. Sometimes he gives, sometimes he takes away. God always answers prayer. Sometimes the answer is no. You just never know. I'm sick. Well, the Lord's trying to teach you. If we taught a gospel like that, we wouldn't have near the problems we have. We wouldn't have to try to explain why somebody didn't get something. Or You put personal responsibility on people and you're going to have problems and you're going to have criticism. But it's in the Bible. God doesn't just decide everything. He has made things available, but it's up to us to receive them by faith. And I like that method. How about you? I don't think it's a bad method at all. It's incredibly fair because we can all do it. Now, if only some could do it, Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God. And you know the very next verse, he said, whosoever shall say to this mountain. He didn't say, now some of you can't do this. Some of you just aren't going to be able to reach this. No, he said, whosoever. That's pretty good. That means anybody can do this. Anybody can do this. So there's scriptures on everything you could imagine. Find something that covers the thing you need from God. Number two, then release your faith. Once you've done your homework, you know what you're believing for. You know it's the will of God because faith doesn't work if you don't know if it's God's will. If, you, if, if, if we said, you know, uh, God saves, 
He saved multitudes of people. He, he saves people and, 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 they, and they go to heaven when they die. We're going to have a salvation altar. Now, we don't know if he, he didn't save everybody, but he saves a lot of people. So we're going to have an altar call. You come if you want to be saved, and we'll pray because we're not sure if he'll save you, but we'll pray and we'll see what happens. You wouldn't have much success because there's people that know it's the will of God to save everybody, and they still aren't sure they're saved. You know, you've got to know one thing for sure that God's will is to do this. If you, if you have a doubt about it, it's not going to work. It's not faith. It's doubt. So, so once you have that, then you release your faith at a point in time. It could be at an altar or it could be at home. You can do it yourself. I, I've given several different ways that people can release their faith. It's not just a... It's not just one size fits all. Mark eleven twenty three 23 says, Whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. That's one way to release your faith is to just speak the word of faith. Then Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them and you'll have them. So that's called the prayer of faith. That's a good way to release your faith. I like that one because you don't have to have anybody's help. You don't have to depend on anybody else. You can pray the prayer of faith for you anytime you want to. I like that. But there are other ways. Matthew 18, 19 says, If any two of you on earth agree as touching anything that they ask, it'll be done. If you find a, a believer that has the same kind of beliefs you do, you can pray the prayer of agreement. And that's a way to release your faith. Isn't that good? You know, you could see this in the New Testament. There wasn't just one way that people received from Jesus. The woman with the issue of blood touched the hem of his garment, for she said, if I touch him, I'll be made whole. And you know what? When she touched him, she was healed. Why? Because she believed that. Now, Jairus came, same, same time, Mark chapter 5, and he said, my daughter's at the point of death. Come lay your hands on her, and she'll be healed. And Jesus, Jesus didn't say, now look. I'm doing the touching of the garment thing today. Did you not just see this? What do you think I am? You think this is like delivery? Is this DoorDash? No. You, I don't have time to go to your house. Just bring your daughter. Just touch the, you saw it. Just touch the garment. No, he didn't say that. Why? Because he's not interested in the method. He just wants you to believe something. Just believe it. If you'll believe it, I'll just do it that way. And so then the centurion, he blew him all away. The centurion said, my servant's homesick. Jesus said, I'll come heal him. You know, I just went to Jairus' house. I'll come to your house. And the centurion said, I don't need that. You know, boy, if Jesus said he's going to come to my house, I would say, what time? <laughs> I wouldn't be telling him, don't come. But that, but that centurion's faith was at a different level. Isn't that great? Amen. And Jesus didn't say, now look. You're making this way too hard. Just let me come and lay hands on him, and I'll take care of it. He said, no, all you need to do is just speak the word, and he'll be healed. And what did Jesus do? He spoke the word. So you can speak to your mountain if you want to do it that way. You can pray the prayer of faith if you want to do it that way. Or you can pray the prayer of agreement if you, need, if you feel like you need more. Uh, you can pray the prayer of agreement. Mark 16, 15 says that we'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. That's another way you can receive from God, by the laying on of hands. Isn't that great? You don't have to get it that way, but that's an option. And it's because God's not trying to keep things from us. He's trying to get things to us. And if it helps you to be in a service where there's a corporate anointing and there's a preacher there to lay hands on your head as a point of contact, God's all for it. He loves it. And he even went a step further in James 5, 14, 15, 16. He said, if there's any man sick among the church, let him call for the elders of the church and let them what? Pray over him, anointing him with oil. Well, is oil necessary? No, not unless you want it. If that's, that's going to help your faith, then get the oil. Oil represents the presence, the power of God. Oil is tangible. Sometimes it's nice to have something tangible. It, it helps generate your faith. Are you getting this? And so he says, you know, you can do it that way. They'll anoint you with oil and they'll pray over you. And then he goes on to say, and the prayer of faith will save the sick. Not the prayer of hope, not the prayer of desire, not the prayer of need. Some people pray in need and they think that should do it. They pray in sincerity and they think surely that worked. Or they pray and, and, and they pray louder. Maybe God needs to hear, well, you know, but, but it's the prayer of faith. 
that saves the sick. Man, I did a whole teaching, and it's actually back there, between the difference between hope and faith. And there's a huge difference between hope and faith. And some people never make that transition. They're praying in hope. They think it's faith, but it's not. It's hope. And the Bible did not say the prayer of hope will save the sick. It said the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. So you really have to go from hope's not a bad thing. It's a great place to start. But you've got to move from hope to faith in order to pray the prayer of faith. So we, we release our faith. You can pick one of these options. And I want us to go back to Mark eleven twenty four 24, because this is our pattern we're going to use for today. Jesus said, What sort of things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them. And this is so important. I did a lot of meditating on this, a lot of thinking about this. And this, this and confession are the two most important parts of faith, and it's the part we get wrong the most. You could be going really good up to this point, and then you can blow it right here. You pray whatever things you desire. When you pray, everybody say, when you pray. When you pray. Not, not after you pray, not after you get the manifestation, not after you feel goosebumps, not after you, somebody confirm. When you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Hebrews 11.1 1 says it this way. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. So there's a, there's a progression here. First, there's hope. You see it. You want it. Second, there's the prayer of faith or the point of contact where you actually release your faith, whether it's laying on of hands, speaking, or praying, prayer of agreement. There's that place where you release your faith. So you have hope. Then you get in faith, and then you have substance, the evidence of your, of your answer. But faith is in between. You don't go from praying and hoping to substance and then to faith. People who do that pray, and they open their eyes, and they go, well, it didn't happen. That's not faith. That's trying to go from hope to substance. It doesn't work that way. Or they pray, and then they, and then they check. And I did this on many, on many occasions. I didn't know how faith worked. And so you pray and you, and you say, well, it didn't happen, so I'll pray again. Well, if you're praying again, you're not praying in faith. Because if you're praying in faith, faith is the substance of the thing hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Once you believe you receive it, then you stop asking for it. Are you with me? So it, it, we can take marriage as, a, as an example, or you could take a salvation altar call as an example, but that's a point in time where you stop talking about this, this event as a future event, and, it, and you forever change your thinking and your confession about it. Once you get saved, you don't ever say, I hope I'm saved. Are you a Christian? I hope so. Are you going to go to heaven when you die? I hope so. Are you saved? I don't think so. God's going to save me. God can save me. One of these days, I'm going to get saved. That's not being in faith. There was a point in time where you went from hope to faith when it came to salvation. And you may not have felt anything or seen anything, but down here, it's over. I've got it. It's mine. I'm not ever going to doubt this again. I'm married. How do you know? Because I was there. That's the first reason. There are many since, but I know I was there. I know I'm married. I know when it happened. And, and you should know that. There should be a point in time where you prayed your prayer and you believe you receive when you pray. And from that point forward, it's thank you, Lord. I got it. I'm not trying to get it. I'm not waiting for it. I'm not looking for it. I'm not feeling for it. It's mine. So this is so important that I did a lot of meditating on this because I know it's important to God. And I'm thinking, why is that so important to God? Because it's so easy to miss this. When you pray for something and it doesn't happen for a day, two, three, week, 
six weeks, six months. It's really difficult sometimes to maintain that place. Of, anybody know what I'm talking about? And so, but it's, it's vital because you're not praying the prayer of faith. You're not doing your part if you don't do this. So I'm thinking, why is that so important to God? To believe you receive when you pray. So I'm supposed to think about it. This is total faith. You go to an empty room. It's just you and God or you and your, your, your person who's going to agree. And you pray into the thin air a prayer that you make up for yourself. And you say, amen, thank you, Lord, for doing what I ask. And you're supposed to then believe that it's yours. For, from now on, and you're like, Lord, why is that so important to you? Well, I took it in the reverse. What if you don't believe you receive when you pray? What does that say? What does that say to God? What does that say about that prayer? What does that really mean? So let's say I have my scripture. I pray my desire. It's scriptural. And I say, thank you, Lord, for doing it. And then I say, nothing happened. What are you saying when you do that? Are you saying God didn't hear you? Are you saying your prayer wasn't any good? Are you saying maybe God changed his mind? Are you saying because you didn't see anything or feel anything or hear anything or see anything change, are you saying that God is holding out on you? What are you saying? Who are you used to dealing with? People who lie and cheat that can't be trusted? Yeah, probably. I mean, if you've ever dealt with anybody like, man, I tell people all the time, I need to hire someone someone just to go around and make sure people that I pay to do things actually do them. Gone are the days when you could just pay somebody to do a job. They have to be overseen. You can't trust somebody to do what they're supposed to do. So we're used to not trusting people. But can I tell you, God's not one of those people. You're talking about God here, Almighty God. And I don't know how little and unimportant you think you are, but when you pray the prayer of faith, you're talking to God. It isn't about you and your word. It's about God and his word. And if you don't pray that prayer of faith and believe you receive it when you pray, you're saying, God's not doing his job. Somebody needs to get on him because he didn't do a thing for me. That's not faith. That's disrespectful. Can you see? I never saw this before, and I thought, man, this is really important. And, and we never think of it as an insult to God, and, and I understand that. That's not our intent, but that's really what it's saying. You're saying either he didn't hear you, or he didn't like the way you said it, or he changed his mind, or, I mean, can you imagine? It's like, like you pray from your heart for something, and then... <laughs> like two days later, God goes, did you ask me for something? I, I was distracted. What, what was it you said? I'm sorry. Could you repeat that? God doesn't do that. His eyes are upon the righteous. His ears are open to their prayers. I was looking at all these scriptures. He knows your thoughts from afar. He knows every word in your mouth. He knows the hairs on your head. He knows when you pray the prayer of faith. All of heaven is listening to you when you pray the prayer of faith. There is no lack and there's no obstruction and there's no problem in heaven when it comes to you praying your prayer. You don't need to pray it louder. You don't need to pray it more. You don't need more people to pray it. You don't need to try to change God's mind or get his attention. Faith alone gets God's attention. I tried this at home. We have speakers all over our house and they're connected through Amazon Alexa. You, you, are you familiar with her? She can be very intrusive. But I'm, I have these speakers and I have this prayer room that's almost soundproof. It's up over my garage. It's actually a media room and I use it for prayer. And I have those speakers and I, they play worship. But we've also got speakers in the living room, the kitchen, the bedroom, the bathroom. I mean, they're everywhere. And I found out the coolest thing the other day. You can say this. You should try it if you have Alexa. You can say, Alexa, I want to make an announcement. And the next thing you say is put through every speaker in your house. It's <laughs> so cool. 
So I'm in my prayer room. I tried this out the other day. I'm in my prayer room. I've been working for the Lord, and I'm, I'm getting hungry. It's early in the morning. And so I said, Alexa, make an announcement. <laughs> Boom, she's on because she's so attentive. I said, Carol, that's my wife's name. I'm ready for my breakfast now. I would like to have <laughs> eggs over easy and bacon and toast and sausage, biscuits, gravy, pancakes with real maple syrup, a little orange juice, and some hot coffee. You know how I like it. Whew. It goes all over the house. I think this is awesome. <laughs> so I'm thinking 20, 30 minutes, there's going to be a little knock on my door. <laughs> and there's going to be this tray full of hot food. I'm thinking, I love technology. <laughs> Time goes on and on. And I start thinking, maybe that announcement didn't work. No, I'm pretty sure it worked because I heard it. And if I heard it, it went everywhere. And you can hear it anywhere you are in our house. Maybe she was asleep. Well, I'm pretty sure she's up at this point. Hmm. Maybe we don't have eggs. That's probably what it is. She's gone to get eggs. Time went on and she'd had time to get eggs. Still nothing. Now I start to doubt. Maybe she's sick. Maybe she can't get up. Maybe she's fallen and She's paralyzed and she can't, you know, <laughs> surely by now. And there came a point where it's just like, this ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. And, and then finally when I found her, she replied. She'd been saving it up. And she gave me a time frame for the breakfast. And it had something to do with me jumping in a lake somewhere, <laughs> which was really cold. And it wasn't really a good time to jump in a lake. So... It never happened. <laughs> Are you getting this? So you pray the prayer of faith to Almighty God. He's not asleep, I can promise you that. He heard you because he hears everything you say. He's never, ever, is, his attention is always on you. He didn't run out of whatever it is you wanted because he has an, a limitless supply. He didn't change his mind because he doesn't do that. He didn't decide your prayer wasn't good enough because we know what a prayer of faith is. There is no excuse. I don't care if you pray and send the announcement out and nothing happens for a year. You believe that you receive when you pray because any obstacle any limitation that you can think of that would hinder another person from getting you your answer is gone when it applies to God how can we pray and not believe that we receive doesn't that help that helped me so much and now I'm just looking for stuff to pray for because I'm going to prove to God that I trust him. I believe him. You're not getting on his nerves. He's not going, are you back again? <laughs> Haven't I done enough for you already? No, there's limitless supplies. He wants you to come every day. What do you want? I mean, I got scripture. I don't have time to read them. But what's, whatsoever things you desire, whatever you want to ask. Up to now, you haven't asked the Father anything. Ask the Father in my name and he'll give it to you. Whatever you want, ask me. My words abide in you, and if you abide in me, my words abide in you. Ask what you will, and it will be done for you. He's told us over and over and over and over to ask, and then we go along without asking and wonder why we don't have anything. Ask him. Well, I didn't, it didn't work. You probably didn't ask in faith, because if you ask in faith, it will work. You're dealing with God here, not the government. Not the local mechanic, not the plumber. Can we get on plumbers? Man, oh man. <laughs> I 
deal with God. He can be counted on. He'll never, ever not hear you when you pray. So if you have scriptural precedent and you let that be known to God, the next step is to believe you receive when you pray. And let me give you a few of these scriptures. I already quoted this one. It's Psalm 34, 15. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. Psalm 139, verses two through four says, you know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down. And you are acquainted with all my ways. And there's not a word on my tongue. But behold, O oh Lord, you know it all together. You know what that means? It means when you pray, he hears you. There is no communication problem. Then I got another one for you. Man, this is the clincher. 1 John five fourteen. Now this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything, everybody say anything, according to his will, that's where you do your homework. You're not going to ask until you know it's his will, right? You do your homework, find the scripture, make sure that it's not illegal, immoral, unlawful, or whatever. Make sure it's scriptural. But if you know that it's scriptural, then we have this confidence that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And then what do we know? Well, if we know he hears us, then we know that we have. We know that we have. We know that we have from that point forward. We know that we have. Isn't that powerful? Whatever we ask. Now you get into phase four. You ready for phase four? So you pray. You believe you receive. When you pray, now it's time to take your stand. And this is very important. And I, I like to say it this way. When you're standing in faith, you stand in praise, and you stand and speak. Both of those things are important. Number one, if you believe you receive it when you pray... And faith is the substance. What would you do if you had the substance? You would say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for doing it. I'm so excited. I wanted this for so long. Thank you for doing what you said you would do. I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful. I'm not asking you again. You did it. It's so good to have that. I'm so glad that's settled. Thank you. And you just let praise as if you had it because you do by faith. Faith is the substance. So you act as if you would if you actually had the manifestation. You praise, and then from that moment on, you hold fast to your confessions. Hold fast to your confessions. This is where many people lose the battle right here. You pray for victory, and you believe you receive it. You thank God for it, and then you go back to your old way of talking. I'm a loser. Things never work out for me. I never am able to get what I need. I'm a failure. You never will live in victory if you talk defeat. You have to change your confession about that situation. If you don't, you're undermining your faith. Do you, do you understand how that happens? Think, well, it really doesn't matter what you say. No, it matters what you say. If you don't follow that prayer of faith up with the confession of faith, then it's not faith. I don't have time to do this right now. If you get my Understanding Faith series, it's all in there. But faith is composed of two different components. Believing in the heart and saying with the mouth. Some people get the believing right, but they get the saying wrong. You've got to follow your faith with the proper confession. Let's go back to salvation. We all do this with salvation. I don't know when and where you got saved, but there was a point in time where you got saved. From that moment on, you never talked about salvation in the future tense again. Not if you're really saved. A really saved person does not say, are, are you a Christian? I hope I am. Or one of these days, I'm going to be saved. One of these days, God's going to save me and forgive me. One of these days, I'm going to receive Jesus. That's, 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 uh, that's not faith. It's, it's past tense. I am saved. I was saved. I'm going to heaven. It's mine right now. If you can't say that about what you prayed and believed for, then it's not really faith anymore. 
I mean, take sickness and disease or anything you want. You prayed and believe you received sick and, and healing, and then you talk sickness, and it's it's still there, and it still hurts, and I still and I'm still under the. You say, well, am I supposed to lie about it? No, you don't have to lie about it. If if you've got a headache and somebody says, Does, do you have a headache? And you say, no, I don't have a headache. That's a lie. That's not what God said to do. But what you do is you say what God said. Do you have a headache? I believe I received my healing. By his stripes, I'm healed. I'm strong in the Lord, the power of his might. He took my infirmities and he bare my sicknesses. Yeah, but do you have a headache? By his stripes, I'm healed. I received my healing. I've prayed over this. It's mine. I have it now. You see, you see the difference? If it's money, if you need finances and you pray for a need in your life and, and, and it's not the manifestation's not there yet, stop talking lack. You gotta follow that up with faith talk, with talking like God talks about your prosperity. Not I'm poor, I'm broke, I don't have anything. Even if you don't have anything, don't say that. Don't don't talk poverty and expect God to do. Uh, a provisional miracle. Does that make sense? See, well, what if I don't have any money? Well, if somebody says, do you have money? And you say, yes, that's a lie. You don't want to do that. But you'd say what God said. Do you have any money? My God supplies all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Yeah, but how are you doing? Well, he makes all grace abound toward me that I always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Yeah, but are, 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 you, are you making it? He wishes above, above all things that I prosper and be in health, even as my soul prospers. See the difference? Because once you, once you go back and begin to, to contradict what you prayed for, you're undermining your faith. So it's very important to take our stand once we pray and begin to hold fast. I, I've got the scriptures. I'll give them to you. In, in Hebrews 4.14, seeing then that we have a great high priest who's passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Why? Because you've got you, you to hold on. It's not, it may not happen instantly. There may be a period of time where you stand in faith and, and allow your, your words to confirm the blessing of God and not deny it. Does that make sense? I mean, I have a whole series on Faith Speaks to explain this, and I'm, I'm just taking little bite-sized pieces. But these four principles will work. They have worked. They've worked in my life. I'm sure they've worked in your life. I remember uh, you telling about how you got healed in, in Bible college from allergies and, and, and the process. And he would every, he set his alarm clock. <laughs> and every, well, every hour, every hour, he's confessing his healing. Yeah, but he was still sick. Well, that's not what we said. We said you believe, you receive when you pray. And from that point on, you talk about it in a different way. Thank you, Lord, that you've healed my body. Thank you, Lord, that I am whole. Thank you, Lord, you heard me when I prayed, and I know I haven't, and I am so thankful that healing belongs to me. Say, well, is it just mind over matter? No, it's faith over matter. There's a big difference. Faith agrees with God. God has said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you so that we may boldly say, what? The Lord is my helper. I shall not fear what man can do to me. See how that one? God said things and we say things that agree with what God said. And that's really how you follow up the prayer of faith. And, and by not following it up or having some sort of clock, you know, you say, well, I'm going to do this. If it doesn't happen within three or four days, I'm done. You may not say that consciously, but if that's what we do, then what happens is we're back up the front the next week to try it again. And then if it doesn't work in three or four, then we come back and do it again. And then we start talking about how this just doesn't work for me. It never works for me. I've tried this so many. I wish God would do this for me. And that's all unbelief. You see how easy it is to undermine your faith. Does that make sense to anybody? I'm telling you, it's these simple principles... And if we'll stick to them, they'll work. And if you don't, they won't. <laughs> Somebody comes and says, I just don't know why that doesn't work for me. It is working for you in the reverse. You just said it. 
You just said why it's not working for you. You ought to be saying, this works for me. I'm a person of faith. I'm a believer. That's what I do. I believe and I don't doubt. It's so important that James said it this way. Well, we can, we can, uh, I could talk to you about standing, but standing is, is really an attitude. Once you pray that prayer of faith, and that's why I say we shouldn't rush it because you have to be prepared. Once I do this, I'm going to stand. I am not going to back down. And that is crucial. It's the follow-up. Anybody can pray the prayer, have hands laid on them, have, be anointed with oil, and want it and see the Bible verse that promises it. That's the easy part. The fight starts when you do all that. And now there's no evidence. Now what's going to happen? Well, it's time then to stand. And standing is, a, is an attitude. I'm glad he said stand and not run <laughs> or hold your breath. Well, that'd be tough. He said, stand. You can stand on the inside. You can stand all the time on the inside on that issue. And when anybody comes up against it, no, 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 I'm not going there. I'm standing. You're not going to run over me. I was out the other day and somebody was telling me that you can, that I was going to get the virus. And I'd been studying faith way too much to have somebody pronounce that over me and, you know, and then put my mask on and just go off like a good little communist or whatever they want you know what I'm saying I just wasn't prepared I had too much going on in me and so they pronounced that you know you can get it again I said I will never I will never get the virus ever I will never get that virus ever again and she was shocked and I didn't really say it for her I said for me some things you need to say for you why? Because this is how faith works, folks. You have the spirit of faith. They believed, and therefore they spoke. You have the spirit of faith, therefore you believe, and you speak. Man, if you're believing and you're not speaking, that's why it isn't working. So, so when we stand, we take that position. We never back down. And then we, we follow that up with a confession. But let's go to James. James 1 uh, 6 and 7, and James 1, uh, 5 talks about, and 4 talk about if you lack wisdom, ask of God. But notice what he says, after you ask of God, and that's where we are in, a, in, in the process here. It says, James 1, 6, but let him ask in faith. Don't waste your time if you're not going to ask in faith. God, I'm just begging you to do it. No, I, I'm, I just want you to do I hope you'll hear me, Lord. That's not going to work. That's not how prayer works. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he who wavers is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Now here it is. These are not my words. I, I, we, everything I've said today brings us to this phrase. Let not that man, who? The one that wavers. Think that he'll receive anything from the Lord. Can I just say it like this? Don't pray the prayer of faith until you're prepared not to waver. Just take a little more time. Do your homework. I've had more problems with this because we're Americans. We want what we want when we want it. And so we did a healing meeting here. I'll do three days, maybe four days of healing, teaching, and pray for the sick. We've seen amazing things happen. But I'll tell the people, I'm going to preach healing Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm not praying for anybody on Sunday. I'm not going to pray for anybody Sunday night. I'm not praying for anybody on Monday night. I'm not going to pray for anybody till Tuesday night. Why? Some of them have been prayed for a hundred times. And they want me to go do it again. And some of them get so mad, they go to the pastor and tell on me. Yes, they go tell on me. He's not going to pay for me. I got things I got to do. I can't be here Tuesday night. Well, fine. Is that what you tell the doctor? Is that what you tell the doctor? No, I can't be there next month. You're going to have to work something out. Because I'm an American. I want you to treat me now. And so they tell the pastor, I can't be there. I need prayer. And the pastor will come to me. You know, they really are in need. 
us together in need. They've prayed a hundred times. If I'd pray for them right now, it'd be just like the last hundred. They need to sit there and do their homework. They need to sit there and listen to the word and let it penetrate deep into their heart so that by Tuesday, they're actually ready to pray a prayer that they're not gonna waver on. At least it'll give us a chance. But if we rush through this the way you did it the last time, it's not gonna work and it's gonna be Worse than not doing it because it's going to reinforce this negative experience. And so I tell them, we're not doing it. You sit there and listen and come. Don't sit home until Tuesday night. You need to come and listen. And then I get them doing this. And this works beautifully. Like the woman with the issue of blood. I get them to start. I say, how many of you need healing? How many of you are going to come Tuesday night? And I say, now say this with me on Tuesday night. When I come to church and hands are laid on me, I'm going to get my healing. We'll say that on Sunday morning. I'll have them say it two or three times. I'll say, now, all day today, when you think about this, you say that. You say Tuesday night. There, I'm going to have hands laid on me, and I'm going to get my healing. And then Sunday night, I preach again. We say it again. I say, now, all day Monday, say this. Every time you think about it, say, Tuesday, I'm going to get prayed for, and I'm going to receive my healing. That's my point of contact. I'm going to get my healing on Tuesday night. And then Monday we come and they'll preach again on healing. Try to get rid of all the doubts. Try to get the word to penetrate into their heart. You, I'm telling you, by Tuesday night, it's, I've done it many times. It's like electricity. You can feel it. Some people get healed before they even get in line. Some people get in line, get healed before I get to them. It is amazing to see how well it works when we just follow the simple principles that are laid out. And we don't try to get sloppy. We don't try to get some insight. You know, God knows me. I'm his favorite. I mean, nobody gives like I do. Nobody's been to church more than I have. That's no way to get your healing from God. Are y'all getting this? I, I'm just, and, I, and it's not just healing. This works for whatsoever things you desire when you pray. Believe you receive them. Let's take this time in history when the things that we've counted on over the years are not really... Let's face it, folks. We've been failed. We, we have been let down. Every level of leadership has failed us. From Washington to the local governments, they've failed us. And, and this has got a lot of people very, very concerned because that's what they counted on a friendly government or a friendly whatever, but, but, but we're Christians. We have a God in heaven that can take care of us. And it's time that we leaned on him and believed him and looked to him. And there's no need to go through life in lack when the heavenly father has told us over and over, ask me, I'll, I'll give it to you. Ask me, I'll give it to you. And maybe you tried it before and it didn't seem to work. That's why we're doing this. Do it again. Do this again. Let, let's do it properly. Let's slow down and do it right and allow God to bless us. Praise God. Did you get anything out of that? All right. Let, let me follow that up with this. If you want all this teaching, I've done a lot, of, a lot of series lately on faith, but I've got the two best ones here. This one's called Understanding Faith. This entire sermon is number five, How to Release Your Faith. But the four messages that lead up to it are crucial. They're very helpful. So if you need more understanding, if you'd like to get deeper into this, this series is back there. We're going to make all the CD series $20. So this is five messages for $20. And this is the USB version, if you'd rather have that. And if you don't know what a USB is, get this one. <laughs> we're kind of at that point where we're trying to transition. So I offer them both. But, you know, the USB can contain so much more stuff. In fact, I've got one here. This is, these are just five messages, and they're both $20. This here, this one is called You Have the Spirit of Faith. This is 35 of my television programs. 20 of them are You Have the Spirit of Faith, and another 15 are The Spirit of Faith. And we talk all about this. What we did is, and we put study notes on here that you can print out and actually have the outline to go with the teaching, but we put it in video and we put it in audio. That simply means if you 
put it in your car and your input in your car, you can listen to it. If you plug it into a smart TV, you can watch it. If you put it in your computer, you can do both. So the audio and the video, 35 sessions, this cost me to produce these many, $10,000. So I put it on here. We've already shown it on television. So we put it together on here for 30 bucks, and it's all on this one USB drive. I just, you don't have to get my stuff, but I'm going to tell you something. You need to get yourself some faith food. This is not the time to coast. We need to be feeding our faith. We need to be filling ourselves up with faith material. Quit listening to so much bad news. Quit feeding on the bad news. And let's get into the good news. Does that make sense? Then I have something free. This one's called God Likes Faith. And we just talk about how cool faith is. And the point is, if you understood faith, you'd like it too, because it works. Faith will work for you. We don't have these here, but what I do have is this card. And if you get one of these cards, it's free, you can get a, um, a code on the back of the card. Go to my website, and you can download four messages on God Likes Faith. How many think that's a good deal? And if you don't like them, I'll give you your money back. How's that? So to get one of these cards, God Likes Faith, to get the code, they'll hand you one. Just fill out one of these cards. This is a download card uh, with your name and address. And I'm going to be very transparent. I've traveled for 30 years, as he said. I started when I was three. Um, <laughs> but I've traveled all this time. And, uh, and, and I haven't gathered names like I should have. And now that we're doing media and we're re actually reaching around the world, we're, our ministry is at a, at a season of growth. We need to grow. So we're doing that by collecting more names. We're, we'll, we'll send you emails. We'll send you newsletters. We'll send you letters of communication. And, of course, if you don't want to be on that list, you can get off. But I just ask if you would like the free gift to just fill one of these out. Many of you are probably already on our mailing list, and that's fine. But fill one of these out and turn it in, and they'll give you this card. And, uh, and you can have this, uh, this series, God Likes Faith. Well, we're in interesting times. But thank God for, for good churches and good leaders. We're, we need each other more than ever. And, um, man, I appreciate your friendship. I know I can always call Mike. And I'm telling you, he answers the phone. Very seldom does he not. <laughs> now, he has done this several times. Hey, hey, can I call you back? Yeah, he hangs up, forgets to call me back. <laughs> that has happened. But he's old, so I get it. It's natural. <laughs> uh, I'm all right with that. I don't take it personally. Can I pray over you and then I'll have the pastor come. Father, thank you so much for this church. I appreciate the seeds they've sown into my ministry. My, in the last year, it, it, our partners have just, they've stepped up and made up the difference. I wouldn't have been able to do it without people in churches like this one. I pray for those that have heard this word. I pray that the message of faith would come back to the forefront. I sense that that, that, that people like Mike and myself are, are going to have to introduce faith to a new generation. They, don't, they didn't hear it. They didn't get it. And it's so important. So thank you, Father, that the word went forth. I pray that it, it will not go on to a bad ground, but good ground, that we'll be doers of the word, and, and it will bear much, much fruit in our lives in the days to come. And we give you the praise and the glory and the honor for that. In Jesus' name, amen.